Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity stocks one of the largest ranges of maternity and nursing bras. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. They're back. They're back. We love their products so much. I know we do. And, yeah. Um, so we'll hear more from our sponsors later, but um, these sponsors make this podcast possible. So please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. See if you can give any of them your business. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox, email inbox every um, week. And now Diane has our review of the week. I do. It comes from iTunes. So thank you so much for putting this on iTunes for us. This is from Samantha. She says, Samantha Lee, best support during the hard times. I listen to this podcast every day religiously to and from work. Baby and I have had the hardest journey. We were a failed VBAC after the cascade of interventions. Jaundice after day three when he wasn't transferring. He had tongue and lip ties found and corrected at three months. I've struggled with low supply while exclusively pumping his whole six months of life. He latches some, but is still ineffective at transferring. If it weren't for this podcast, I would have been, I would have given up my strict every three hours pumping schedule long ago. I have found comfort in this podcast knowing I'm not the only one who struggles. I have found courage in this podcast to continue trying to get my baby to latch. I have found strength in this podcast to continue offering my baby the best thing for him no matter what it takes. I'm wondering if you guys have any information on a high-arched bubble palette. This seems to be a lack of information out there and I am desperate for advice. I wait for your episodes with anticipation every week and have now moved on to Revolution Parenting. Thank you all so much. Um, first of all, I would like to say you're badass because that's a lot of stuff to get through. But the first thing I want to say here is when we said when she put we were a failed VBAC after a cascade of interventions. I I know that that's not coming from her. That's usually the medical term. It was a failed induction, failed VBAC, failed oh, I hate it when vacuum, they use failed like whatever it was, and. I don't want you to ever feel like you failed because you didn't, you did not fail at all. So I really wish that they would change that language. Um, it just is. It, I know it, this is not an not, area of the world where we need the word failed to be a part of anything. No, absolutely not. I mean, you got through like incredible amounts of things. How would anybody look at that as a failure? I know. Oh my gosh. Like nobody um, can help the things that happen. It's not like, you know, there was something that you did that made it not work. That would be, a, that's a failure. You know, like you tried to, I tried to do this and it failed because I wasn't good enough at it yet or whatever. But like things that happen to you during birth or any of this stuff, this isn't like, it's not something that you do. Right. Things happen to you and you get through them. Yes, it is not. It is not failing. Um, the thing about the bubble palette, so that's interesting, and which was one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up because, um, so bubble palette for anybody who's wondering, like, what the heck is that? It is when the palette on the baby is high, and from what I understand, and sometimes you know, if the palette palette on the baby is high or kind of like high and deep, then it can be hard 
to sometimes get a decent latch because the baby is, you know, the breast is like going kind of up into that bubble palette. So sometimes you have to work with positioning and kind of working things out. But I'll give you a little bit of like a little bit of a um, science lesson on this as, oh, as cool. much as we can. So from what I understand, and this is from a lot of research that I've done on my own for papers and stuff that I needed to do when I was in school, the tongue, the tongue forms early in utero, like in the first like few weeks, first 10, 12 weeks, something like that. The tongue forms early in utero and it's the tongue lifting up that forms the palate. So if the tongue is restricted, and she did mention here that the baby had had a tongue tie, if the tongue is restricted and not lifting, and it's not always tongue tie, sometimes they just don't have good mobility. But if the tongue is restricted and not lifting, it is not going to widen and form the palate the way we need it to. It's just going to like kind of go up and form a bubble palate. Now, if the if it is a tongue tie situation and the baby gets that resolved, the palate will end up rounding itself out. Palates don't fuse until hormones start to shift and settle. And that's way after, like when puberty starts to set in. So there's lots of time there for baby's palates to kind of like fix themselves once hmm. that um, tongue is doing what it needs to be doing to kind of round out that palate. So a bubble palate can be a little bit difficult. You might need to, um, you know, the, if the tongue tie has been resolved, then the palate's going to resolve itself um, as the baby grows. But definitely working with somebody, um, lactation is obviously, you know, going to be the best shot to go with that. But also a, a speech therapist that specializes in infant feeding would be great for that because if your baby still doesn't have great mobility of their tongue, if it was restricted for because of a tongue tie, then you definitely need to kind of see somebody to help get that back into play again. So that's kind of why the bubble palette happens. Ta-da. That's fascinating. Isn't it interesting? It really yeah, is. And that's yeah. gotta be really hard to like figure out breastfeeding with I mean, like breastfeeding's hard enough. <laughs> I know. And then you add all these other little and then stuff you add into all it. These things that like where the mouth is different and uh, Yeah. I mean, and then you've like, I don't know if you ever heard if anybody ever like braces and people say, oh, you know, they've got a narrow mouth or a narrow palate. We had to do a palate expander, um, you know, kids that have braces and just or teeth pulled out because they don't fit in the mouth because they just it, mm. and it's like stuff like that, that their palate never expanded. And or you were born in out. the 70s and they took everybody's wisdom <laughs> teeth out and they... Remember in the 80s, they were just like, wisdom teeth? Why do those exist? We need to remove them all. I know. I know. Just I know, for no God. reason. Even. <laughs> I know. So it's such a nightmare. Um, but yeah, so that's it. So that's how it goes. But thank you so much for putting that on iTunes for us. And we love the little questions. They're so fun. Yeah. Um, we are going to talk about, is it low milk supply? Which yeah. is fun. Is that, like right? whoever. Yeah. And I, you must have an extreme oversupply. If you have never asked yourself, is it low milk supply? You must have it gu- breast milk gushing out of your ears and eyeballs. <laughs> if you've never said that. Oh, there's a visual. Because yeah. Because uh that's the that's the question that sends everybody down the rabbit hole and often to weaning mm-hmm. and switching to formula because we think, well, our body just didn't make enough milk. Actually, who where was this? Where did I just see this? Um, it was a message 
maybe a message. Oh God, I can't, I can't figure out where it was right now, but somebody sent me a message and said that, um, they, that they were in the hospital and the nurse told them that only 50% of people make enough milk to actually breastfeed. (gasps) Um, and so, you know, be prepared for it not to work or whatever. She made that shit up just now. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, Come on. What does that even mean? Like, how are like this is how humans like mammals, like mammals only make 50. What? It doesn't even like what? No, that's not even the statistic. It's like it's a very small amount. Like, it's very, very small. In fact, I was just I just did a breastfeeding class the other day. I do one a month for this hospital that I work for. And um it's the first Thursday of every month. So every Thursday night, I'm sitting here on my little Zoom doing my breastfeeding class. And they are, that is part of our class. We talk about how it is a very small amount of people, birthing parents that do not make enough milk. Very small. We used to think it was like 5%, but they're saying maybe 5, 10%. But that, and that is usually like, usually, you know. You know, like, you know, it kind of coming into the game. Maybe you have hormonal issues that you've had your entire life. You, you know, PCOS, things like that, that can, that doesn't mean you're not going to make enough milk, but sometimes it can contribute to that. Um, breast surgery, you know, if you had breast surgery, that can contribute to having low milk supply. It doesn't mean that there's going to be no milk, but it can contribute to low milk supply. Babies that are, did not, you know, latch, did not stimulate supply well, um, did not tell your body that they needed the milk from the very beginning. Maybe you were separated from your baby and you had a struggle in the beginning and things just were not, you know, working as well. That can contribute to low milk supply. But your average human being, that should not be an issue. Like if we don't look at everybody and go, oh, 50% don't have, make enough milk to breastfeed. Like that's ridiculous. No, that's not even a thing. That's not true. It's not. It is not a thing at all. It's like I heard not too long ago, somebody told me that they were told that every um, baby that's a C-section baby gets supplemented. Like what? Why? Why is that a thing? (laughs) Like that's just made. This is made up stuff. Yeah. People are just making it up. But when you are a brand new parent and you are trying to do the best thing for your baby, you're thinking that this is you know, person coming into your room telling you this is giving you the right information. And that is not correct. The majority of people will make enough milk. That no, is just the, the bottom line. And the people walking around the hospital, I don't care who they are, unless they are an IBCLC, they don't know. They do not have the training in lactation. The random people walking into your room, the nurses and the um, doctors, they don't have the training in lactation, so they mm-hmm. don't know. And they don't even know, like, your milk is not coming in in the hospital the majority of the time, especially now that we've been in a pandemic for two years. They get you out of that hospital as fast as they possibly can. But even before the pandemic, maybe the milk was starting to come in as you were being discharged. So how do those nurses, what do they have to even relate that to? They're not working with parents afterwards. They're You're gone when the milk comes in. Like, how do they even know? I know. I don't know. Yeah, because they think that I don't even know. Do they even know that colostrum comes first and then milk? I don't know. Like some of them might not not even know that. Yeah. So they're just like, well, you're not making enough. I mean, that's what they told me. 
Yeah, that's after uh, 24 hours that I wasn't making enough milk. Yeah. And so I had to use formula. But like, why would I be making milk on day two? And they they also don't think that colostrum is enough. Oh, right. Yeah. And How that's, is it possible that these tiny drops could be enough? Yeah. And that really, it's it's almost, it's so fascinating what your body will do for your baby. Because the colostrum, which is very, we know, like it, there's so much research behind how amazing colostrum is and how important it is for your baby to have that colostrum. And we know that it's very small amounts, right? It is it is assumed or estimated or researched, whatever, that your body is making about a teaspoon or so per feeding for your baby of colostrum. Guess how much your volume your baby can actually hold? About a teaspoon. So really your body well, is funny making how that works out. Exactly. Just like how I tell like I tell people in my breastfeeding class too, your baby can start to hold a little bit more volume of milk by about day three. Day one, your baby's does, stomach does not have the ability to stretch. It doesn't. They can only hold very small amounts of colostrum and that is it. Day two, it can start to stretch a little bit, but still only holding about a teaspoon per feeding. Very, very small amounts for this very small stomach. By day three, they have the ability to hold a little bit more volume. Guess what's happening around day three, day four? Your milk, Your is, milk coming is coming in. coming in. So it really, everything balances the way. It's like a perfect balance between a mother and her child. And we don't trust it. We just kind of throw it out and take, a, you know, we're, oh, it's, no, your baby needs much more than that. Your baby needs more than that. Why? Like it just, why? Their stomach is small. They don't need more than that. But a lot of it comes down to newborn behavior that we don't understand. We really don't. We really, these babies are a total mystery to us. Completely. It could be your 12th baby and they'll still be a total mystery to you. Yep. And that's what it really comes down to is like, what are they doing? They must still be hungry. They're fussy. They must still be hungry. They're not settled. They must still be hungry. That is not the case the majority of the time. But when I, you know, gave them all this formula, then they slept. And I don't want to tell them you're drugging them basically is what's happening. It's because that's kind of what it comes down to. But when you are exhausted and you have a fussy baby and then you just like give in and you give formula and they go right to sleep, then you're like, oh my gosh, that was magic. Yeah. It's yeah. And you that's you're kind just, of addicting. Yeah. You fall into that trap. Like, oh my so God. Easily. That's awesome. <laughs> I, just I know, right? Out. But actually, like, they're not meant to sleep like that. No, it's which not is meant why to formula like is a SIDS risk. Because it does put them into a deeper sleep and a longer sleep, and they're not meant to do that. And I think one of the things that really take parents by surprise too is how First of all, how needy a, ba- a baby is. Like, we know how needy they are, right? But then when you're dealing with a newborn, like, and when it's you like, have wow, one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but then the, also the, un- the unbelievable overwhelm of a baby not wanting to be with anybody else but you. And I don't know, I- I'll have to look and see if there's any research on this. There's, I wouldn't even know how to research it, but it seems everybody says that, like, oh, when you're, when you're breastfeeding a baby, those babies are more way more attached to the mother. They only want to be with the parent with the with the breastfeeding parent. But if they're bottle feeding and they're formula feeding, 
anybody can take that baby and they're not fussy about it. I mean, is that really true? Is it? I mean, I would think a baby would want to be with their mother regardless. Or is it just, are we just assuming that they don't care because they're fed and we feed them until they go back to sleep and then anybody can hold them? Like, I don't, I don't know. Am I even making any sense? I don't know. Because I have a lot of <laughs> breastfeeding parents that are like, my baby wants to be with nobody else but me. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty normal. But you just don't expect that. You expect that somebody else is going to be able to, that like the partner will be able to hold the baby and the, and the baby's like, hell no. I don't know who this chump is. I want to be with my parent, my mom. Like they were literally attached to you for nine months. They do not want to be with anybody else, especially in the first few weeks. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I'll say Exley is seven and he just like in the past few weeks started like favoring my husband over me. Not to like bother anybody with that. I was that, just but. about to say like, yeah, good luck to all of you. No, it's, I mean, usually by like, you know, maybe a year. Or, I always tell people like, yeah, then once your baby turns like a year or so, they usually are good with like going between whoever. And a lot of it depends on the personality of the baby too. Totally. Yeah. Right. So it really just, you know, it's, it's not like, okay, you can guarantee this baby, but that is not, I mean, that is. I don't feel like that's a breastfeeding problem, but everybody just blames it on. I Well, that's yeah. Everything is a breastfeeding problem. And we should talk more about that after our ad break and talk about low milk supply. Yeah. I don't even think we've talked about that yet. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> well, we started talking about it, but <laughs> oh my God. Uh, we'll be right back. Right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cake Maternity. Cake Maternity is a nursing bra specialist passionate about breastfeeding and the many benefits it offers for parent and baby and the environment. Breastfeeding, while natural, doesn't always come naturally to everyone. That's why they made it their mission to empower breastfeeders as they mindfully navigate the world of parenthood and help make breastfeeding easier through experience-driven innovation. Cake Maternity stocks one of the largest ranges of maternity and nursing bras, which includes seamless, sleep, Flexible wired, non wired, sports, padded, plunge, t shirt, and fuller busted bras in sizes ranging 30A to 42K. With 13 years of experience under their belt, Cake Maternity is renowned for their quality, fit, and support. Cake has you covered for your maternity and nursing bra needs. Head to Cake Maternity, like birthday cake, cakematernity.com, and use code BADASS15 for 15% off of your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged right here in California, USA. Well, not right here. I'm not in California, but here in the U.S. (laughs) Yeah. Their hair and body baby wash is made with gentle moisturizing ingredients such as organic calendula and refreshing rosemary extract. Rosemary helps stimulates scalp circulation, and calm cradle cap and eczema. This hair and body baby wash is ideal for babies, children, and adults alike. All of Original Spelt's products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy. They are not just for babies anymore. Check out the entire line at originalsprout.com. And use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. And uh, you can find the sponsors and their promo codes um, 
under this episode in the show notes at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. Um, our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in the episode. And at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Yeah. And we'll talk about low milk supply. So low milk supply, what's the deal with that? Why do we all think we have it? And do we? And no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> so I, I do think one of the bigger problems is not being really familiar with newborn behavior. Um, and I think a lot of it is society, which I say that in every podcast. Um, <laughs> right. But I really do. Like, I just, I got a text the other day from a mom who is like, sent me this, and it's a, a mom that I'm, you know, I'm good with, but I've helped her with more than one child and she's just wonderful. She's like, sends me this huge long text, text about how, everybody in the family thinks that she should just give this baby formula because he's so fussy and nobody else can hold him. And she's, and she, and then like, she sends me this whole big thing. And then at the end of it, she's like, it's just a baby thing, isn't it? And she doesn't necessarily think it's a breastfeeding issue, but everybody around her is like, why don't you just give some formula? He's way more calm when you do that. And it's like, this is not a feeding issue. Like he's getting enough milk. He's growing. So I, I mean, it's like, it's really hard, but it's really hard for other people to understand that this is not, it's not a milk supply problem. Yeah. Like babies, babies are like, there's a lot of reasons why babies are fussy. Um, and we always just kind of go into like, oh, it's a milk supply problem. Like if it is really a milk supply problem, like your baby's not going to be gaining well. Um, and a lot, they're not going to like, you're gonna, not going to see good, wet and dirty diapers. Maybe it's not a milk supply issue. Maybe it's a transfer issue. Maybe they're well, not moving say, the milk well. Even when the baby's not gaining and the baby's not having wet diapers and stuff like that, you could still very well and probably can make enough milk. The baby's just not getting it. It's not your fault. We all, we just automatically think our bodies just don't work. Right. What you and, had, the, you grew the baby. Mm-hmm. So your body works. Just that's the bottom line. And it is sometimes a, just a factor of like what is happening with the baby. Is is the baby not transferring milk the way they need to? Right. It's usually the baby's fault. Blame the baby. I know. The baby usually, like yes. isn't sucking well, not getting a good latch, like not, you know, it's just not, they're not drinking very well. So blame your baby and then help the baby. It's not your fault. And we always, you know, because a lot of times we'll hear, oh, the baby's not gaining well. So... It must be milk supply problem. And then they'll get some kind of ridiculous information. I was actually just talking about this with my therapist the other day. I mean, we don't, my therapist and I don't usually sit there and talk about breastfeeding stuff, but (laughs) there was a a situation came up. We were talking about it. It's kind of a long story, but she said, and her kids are like older teenagers. And she said to me, she goes, I really had a hard time with milk supply. And I remember the nurse I spoke to said from the doctor's office said, go drink a beer. She goes, is that true? And I go, no, that's not true. Like, I mean, I go, you can drink not, a beer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Drink you a drink. beer because you enjoy it, but it's, but it's not. And I go, and that's actually something that still. She goes, and this was like eighteen years ago. And I go, yeah, and that's not. That's something that still goes around. That people will say, oh, you're you're having a problem with milk supply, then go drink a beer. And it very well could have been that the baby wasn't transferring well, and then didn't stimulate her supply well. It could have been that there was a true like hormonal background there that things were not 
working for her. She wasn't able to get the supply that she needed because of a something in her medical history. But do you think that anybody ever said, why don't you see a lactation specialist about this? No. Oh, no. Yeah. No, of course. No, nobody talks about that. And and that is usually the go-to. It's like, oh, I don't know if I'm making enough milk. Well, you should, you know, you could drink a beer, have oatmeal, drink, yeah. drink water until you're drowning. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, get some cookies, get these great cookies, these lactation cookies. You know, I had these and my milk supply just like went out of control. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. The baby, the more milk that the baby takes away from your breast, the more by- milk you're body will make. You have to tell your body you need the the milk. End of the story. Yeah. You can't sit on the couch and drink a beer and think your milk is just going to flow. While your body, while your baby sits over there. No, you need your baby to be sucking the milk out of you or pumping. Right. um, If there's some need to do that. And work with somebody to find out like, why, why are we struggling here? But the other thing that goes along with that, which I think is very important that everybody lose sight of, is that even if it is a true low milk supply issue, if that is seriously what's going on here, if we have determined like crossed off all the other things and said okay this is a milk supply issue then you still can give you can still breastfeed you just would have to combo feed and we do have an episode about that I'll link that in the show notes but you can, it doesn't mean you have to go okay I'm just going to abandon this altogether because we know babies get so much more from breastfeeding than just the milk so much more. And there's no reason why you still can't do some breastfeeding and then do combo feeding with that. Like that is one of the reasons why we have formula in this world to take for situations like this when we need it. It was never meant to be the whole feeding process. It was just supposed to be something that if we needed it, it was there. But you can still breastfeed. You still can. It doesn't have to be like, oh, they're only getting, you know, they're only getting half their feeds from me, so it's not worth it. Oh my God, it's so worth it. It's so yeah, worth it. Yeah, any amount of breast milk is better than none. Oh my gosh, absolutely. It absolutely is. But the majority of the time, it is really not a low milk supply problem. So fussy babies does not mean you're, you're, you have a low milk supply. And that is something that happens a lot. What One of the things that I see all the time, and this goes again, kind of hand in hand with that um, newborn behavior, is when babies cluster feed. Oh, yeah, totally. Yep. Oh, my God. They're cluster feeding. They're so fussy. They're just nursing all the time. I don't think there's enough in there. I'm just empty. And actually, cluster feeding is good because that means that your baby's upping your supply. Mm -hmm. It's overwhelming and you might like hate it, but... It's a very normal process that all babies do. So it's very normal that this is what they do. But that's usually when I get those, I I don't, I must, you know, I must not be making enough milk because then the baby was, you know, cluster feeding and just wasn't satisfied. So then they just automatically give a bottle. Right. And then the baby takes the bottle and then they go, see, the baby took the bottle. That means that they were hungry. And that's not the truth. No, we. Yeah, we know babies take bottles because their suck reflex is involuntary for the first three months of their life. So if you give them that bottle, they're going to take the bottle whether they're hungry or not. Right. And then they're just overfed. And then they're just overfed, which will take away from your milk supply. And then you're down that rabbit hole of babies not feeding well. And I've I've tried to, you know, bring people out of that rabbit hole in the past because you kind of like go, okay, they're cluster feeding. And then you've got maybe another parent or you know, Facebook, 
mom's groups or society or your your mother or whatever saying the baby's still feeding the baby's eating again the baby's super fussy give them a bottle because you don't have enough milk so then you give them a bottle and then they sleep longer so now they're missing a feeding or they don't go back to the breast well because they're still full from the formula you gave them so then they don't feed well which makes you give them another bottle later on which makes it they don't feed well again and it just becomes this cycle which will give you low milk supply that will definitely lead you down the, the path to low milk supply if this is how you're managing things. So really just kind of being confident of like, no, the baby's just fussy. Like if your baby is feeding fine every you know couple hours kind of doing his regular pattern the whole part of the day, and then you reach this one part of the day where they're just like feeding, you know, cluster feeding, that is not a milk supply problem. At all. Otherwise, they'd be doing that all the all the time. Oh, yeah, right. But if they're only doing it that one time of day, that's your cue that this is just their pattern. This is just what babies do. And this is yeah. very normal. Yeah. And babies are going to spend most of their time at the breast. That's where they want to be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean there's something wrong. It means there's something right. That's what they should be doing. I mean, there are other cultures where they just keep the babies there all the time. They and, just strap them on right at the breast and then go about their day. Right. They're just and then, there. And people are, nobody ever questions anything. But here we're like, oh my gosh, the baby should be giving you like hours a day that they're not feeding. It's like, no, they just want to be there all the time. That's just where they want to be. This is normal n- newborn behavior for babies. It's just very, very normal. But you're also getting advice from your parent most of the time, right? Who came from a generation of feed them put them down and walk away from them. Like, mm-hmm. That was the norm for a long time. And if they wanted anything more than that, they should be figuring that out for themselves. Come on. They've been on the planet three days. They right. need to figure it out. It's really, really frustrating because you're kind of, you feel like you're going in this uphill battle of, well, I don't know. I just don't know if I have enough milk. If you're not feeling full, that's another one. That's another one people, with the soft. Yeah. My breasts are all saggy and soft. There's nothing in there. It's like, no, there's stuff in there. I, and they're I usually, not supposed to feel like that's right. not, they're not supposed to feel full. That's a problem. That's too much. And so, that will lead to clogged ducts and mastitis uh, and all that terrible stuff. Such an issue. And I find it's another one of those situations where you just can't win. It's kind of like the alcohol thing. They'll say like, drink a beer to give you, you know, you need more milk, drink a beer. But how dare you drink when you're breastfeeding your baby? So it's like, (laughs) you can't win that. And I find the same thing with when you're, you know, feeling full and not feeling full because like your milk starts to come in and you feel full and you're uncomfortable. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And I tell parents like, this is going to go away in a couple of days. You're not supposed to feel like this the whole time you're breastfeeding. You're going to feel like kind of like normal pretty much. And then as a couple of months go by, you're going to feel even more normal. So we complain about that fullness and then the fullness goes away and your body regulates. And then we are like, why am I not full anymore? So it's like, you can't, you're not full anymore because your body regulated and is doing what it needs to do. So we're in a good place. Like that's a good thing. Yeah. And then people go, I need to feel like I'm full all the time or I just don't trust my milk supply. Like it's really... We're just a big mind fuck, really. Yeah, it's like, true. We really are. Yeah, being human is stupid. But you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you can't, you know, you can't see what's inside of there, and so it's just full. You're just full of doubt, 
you know, and of course, all I think all of this, of course, comes down to the fact that breastfeeding is not normalized. And, you know, we don't understand it. We don't see it. We don't have any of this knowledge. So we just assume that it's not working. And, um, you know, people, people message all the time with mm-hmm. like, I don't think I'm making enough milk. How do, how, no, how do I increase my milk supply? Yeah. And then the first question is always, why do you think you have low milk supply? Well, you know, my breasts aren't, um, they're, no, they're really soft and my baby's fussy and these things that just aren't, you know, oh, is the baby growing? Yeah. Well, I mean, the baby wouldn't grow if it wasn't eating. And then, well, when I, oh, here's the other, here's the other one. Pump, while I pump, I pump after... I pump after nursing and nothing comes out. There's no, yeah. there's nothing in there. Yeah. Pumping, you, some people don't respond to a pump at all. Yeah. Pumping is not a good indication. You can't well, indicate. I, what I love is when people tell me if they say, well, I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not pumping that much or whatever. I'll be like, how much did you pump? And I'll say oh. only two ounces. <laughs> or five and ounces. I'm like, I used right. to and pump. I'm like, I, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten those too. They're hilarious. Yeah, they're like, I used to pump 10 ounces per per pumping session and now I'm only pumping six. And I'm like, hold on a second. Wait, <laughs> back it up. Yeah. Why are exactly. you pumping that much? Oh my God, no. But then they think that that's a milk supply problem. And I've yes, and that's yes. a really legit, like we don't mean to laugh at that, but that and that is a legitimate fear. Because it's like I know, it's so serious. It's so serious. It's funny because it's like every we're fine. We're fine. We're doing fine. fine. We're doing good. Everything's fine. Usually everything's fine and we're so freaking out and it's so sad and horrible. And I I do just constantly think that things are are going wrong and we can't enjoy. We can't we don't get to enjoy any of it because it's all so scary and awful. I do get that a lot with the whole like it was I only pump like two ounces or an ounce on an ounce on each side. And I'm like, that's great. And they're like, are you sure? Because people on social media keep saying it should be more than that. I'm like, no. Yeah. Or the baby eats more than that because the baby's being overfed. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. There's like, well, my baby takes like five ounces in the bottle. I'm only, you know, when two. I'm at work or whatever. That's no. Then the daycare is overfeeding. Yeah, it's but then a you, lot. Yeah. It, there's a lot, and we don't. We really don't trust the fact that our bodies can do this, because everybody makes us not trust our body. Right from that, right from our um, review today, the failed. Well, yeah, feedback. right. Everything is a failure. So why do we think if we can't get through childbirth that our body is going to do what it needs to do to make the milk? Like it just it. W- it's really just very frustrating. It really is. It's it's very frustrating. And I I do find that I spend a lot of my time convincing or trying to convince parents to trust their body because their body is going to do what their baby needs it to do. And just nobody believes it. And there's so many parents, especially in those early first couple of days where they're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm giving some formula. I had a mom the other day that told me that she was giving like maybe a bottle of formula a day, only like maybe an ounce or two a day of formula. And I said, and she said she was pumping and getting, she goes, oh, I have plenty of milk. I go, do you have milk in the fridge or like what's, she goes, yeah. I go, why, 
why why are we using the formula? Like I and I wasn't like judgy. I was just and I even told her that I go, I'm not judging. I'm just trying to like understand. And are you saving it? Like what's you know what's going on? And she goes, No, my husband just doesn't want to heat up breast milk, so he just gets gives him the formula. I was like, Oh, okay, but it's like, I, I mean, we just don't trust that everything is okay, and no. yeah. We always just kind of like, well, no, I, I, the milk isn't in yet. So I have to give form. I have to give something else because the milk, the colostrum isn't enough. And it's like, it is, it is enough, but it's really hard to like, uh, it's just, it's so frustrating. We've really built this battle that we're fighting this up little uphill climb for right. people to and understand then, well, that their body the can do it. Pediatrician. Yeah, but then people go to the pediatrician and it's like, well, you know, and my doctor says they're not happy with the gain, weight gain. They should have gained more. And so they want me to supplement because I'm not making enough milk. And it's like, well, is there a weight gain issue? Like, what do you mean the doctor's not happy with it? Like, yeah. what, what do they want? And like, because then we come to the whole like weight gain thing and those weight charts. We did an episode on that where those oh, yeah. weight charts came from. And yep. um, like, it's just not reliable information. And even if you do have a low milk supply problem, even say there's a weight gain issue or, a, you know, we've talked about this, a weight gain issue or they're, they're not having a lot of wet diapers or, you know, these things where you really do think that there's a milk supply issue. It's not you. It's probably not you. It's the baby. Mm-hmm. Your ba- it's your baby's fault. But I do they're find lazy. that people are lazy. I do find that people are like, okay, the baby's not gaining. Well, how do I increase my supply? Like you were saying. And it's like, wait a minute. We don't even know that that's the issue. Like there's a lot of conversation we need to have to determine that that's the problem. And they think a lot of times because of what is being put out there in Google and in the world, you mm-hmm. can just eat this cookie or drink this beer or drink another gallon of water and that's going to fix the problem. And it is not that. we. You need to talk to somebody to like legitimate to really make sure that it, things are going the way they're supposed to be going. Yeah. So if you really think you have a milk supply problem, contact a lactation consultant who can help you figure this out. Even if it's just talking it through. Like, yeah, that's because a really don't assume, part. don't assume that your body is not capable of making enough milk because that's not the case. Right. That is likely not the case for you. Exactly. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.